want to talk about? I mean, let's talk about what we've been up to. I've retired from Twitter. Oh, is that what you retired from? No, no. I mean, this is a gradual retirement from life. Okay. Eventually. And Slowly. It's that's like, the first door to close? Like when I went around my in-laws and they said, this is the last sofa I'm ever going to buy. I hate when people say that. My dad says that all Does the time. Does dad do that? Yeah, he was like, this is the last car I'm ever going to buy. He's, yeah. he's had the last car he's ever going to buy, the last three cars he's bought. I'm not quite on the last tweet I'm ever going to do. It is we deleted the app? You know, like they say, you know, like over the hill. Mm-hmm. I'm on a very fast acceleration <laughs> down the other side. <laughs> Have you, uh, have you deleted the app off your phone? I have deleted the app off my phone, but I will say this morning I had to reinstall it because I was weirdly, and this is where you'll know I'm weird, the BBC were broadcasting law courts discussing whether or not the Prime Minister was illegal, and I can't bloody well see it on my phone because the BBC says, sorry, you're not in the country. Oh. So, but I can see it on Twitter. You're welcome, Brexit. So Twitter will show it, right, in live. Oh, interesting. But I can't see it on the stupid BBC app. So I was like, sod it. I'd have to reinstall Twitter to listen to it, but then I didn't do it because then I had to my hangout and talk to you guys. What do you call it when you when you stop drinking alcohol? Uh, sober? No, there's a thing, isn't there? When you go do it, you detox. Uh, oh, like uh, cold turkey. Yeah, I've been in cold turkey now for at least four days. How's that feel? Fantastic. My yeah, sc- my screen time's down. I never look at that screen time. It's just such a false. I get sense it of every things. Sunday. I I turned it off because I just hated reading. Well, it. when it said forty hours out of twenty four, I said there was something wrong there. Oh, shit. I don't, I was going to say, I was like, I don't know how you did that. No, I see it and I'm just like, this is crazy. I deleted that. And then the other thing I deleted was I deleted LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Because I just decided that I'm a bit too much of a browser. And the trouble is I comment. Mm-hmm. Me and Jane were talking about this because she was like, I don't, she's a peacemaker. But I will answer. Well, I mean, it's having the conversation, I guess. Like if it's there, like I find myself doing that on the weekends. Like I'll randomly like look at LinkedIn. But it's all right looking. It's when you start, because people say stuff and I'm like, that's crap. <laughs> so I'll reply. I mean, yeah. But I think you're better off if you're just a looker. I wish there was a way that you could disable apps over the weekends. Like if you could disable from my phone, me looking at our chat ticket system or my work email, just where like, I just can't you access it. You would like it. to do that. Yeah, that would be a really good app. I think like they have that cookie jar where there's a timing and it locks and it only mm-hmm. unlocks during a certain time. Just to be like, hey, these are hours where you just can't access it. I think that's called alcohol. Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true. Then there's another thing that they should do. LinkedIn and Twitter, right? Uh-huh. The 10-second rule. It should wait for 10 seconds. But in my case, what it should do is wait all weekend. You so should have should... to do like a shitty two-factor authentication thing. It, no, no. It should let me reply to everything. And then at the end of the weekend, it should just go, do you want to bin all this? And I go, yeah. And it gets really oh, it's like a nudge. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you want to send these? Yeah, precisely. But it, it should like just the past five years. That's a that's a good one. That's yeah. a good idea. And so you could just... I like right, then I could still have the interactions, but none of it would ever go live. But it would pretend to me maybe it did. And maybe then AI steps in and starts replying back to me. So I'm really fulfilled by this. Zero of it's going on in a while. Yeah, and there was something like some sort of like matrix of like fake replies. Yeah, precisely. I, that's what I really want. And then that's the other thing that I was looking at was like my Twitter feed. And I was kind of like going, wouldn't it be really nice? Like, because I'm into cooking at the moment. You know this. Mm-hmm. I've always been into cooking. At the moment, it's particularly strong. I did a katsu curry the other day. I was thinking, I'd like to just change my whole Twitter feed tomorrow to just be really happy people talking about food. I think one of the things, and I think Alan Storm does this, is that he doesn't follow anyone. He uses lists. So, so he has like a magenta list. I've seen him comment on that before. I don't, I don't know the specifics of it, but I thought that was pretty cool. I feel like from a MH perspective, mental health perspective, that it would be good to, yeah, switch off sometimes from, like to be able to sort of jump from 
ecosystem to ecosystem. Because yeah. I've seen some where like airline pilots talk. That's a good place to be, isn't it? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? My whole Twitter feed is e-commerce. Like, if I don't want e-commerce, I just don't go on Twitter. I adopted Twitter, whatever, four years ago to verbally braid an airline when I was drunk. And then I never looked at it again. When I started here, it was, hey, we use Twitter. And I returned it on. None of my friends from home or college have my Twitter. A couple of them do, and they just make fun of me for it. But And I get it. I just suppose I'm kind of 10 years in, and I'm going, you know, like, accelerating faster than slow. Well, all right, what do I change now? But that, that's one of the things I realized yesterday. I tweeted that, and then I thought, no, I'll delete it. I always think as a CEO, it's quite difficult to what I call turn the chapter. Mm-hmm. It, usually turn the chapter means you change jobs or I don't know, you get divorced or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a big personal yeah, thing happens. Big happens personal things happen. Well, when you run a company, you kind of stuck with it. It's hard to fire yourself. But anyway, I kind of realized the other day that I can't actually turn the chapter. What's a chapter? Well, I can't really say online, but I kind of, I can, and mm-hmm. I can change what my, how I'm viewing things uh-huh. and what I'm viewing. And like Twitter is a case in point there where I've just decided, so like the Magento stuff, I've kind of decided, do you know what? I'm not going to carry on kind of fighting my corner here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really that interested anymore. I have other things I want to do. I kind of feel like I've done everything I can for the ecosystem in many ways. And it's time for me to move on and the ecosystem to move on. So that's part of me turning the chapter. And that's where, like, handing over the Magento Association? Or, sorry, handing over... Yeah, yeah, I've handed over the Magento Association. Thanks for letting me have it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did that talk in Singapore. Yep. It was just really interesting to see the feedback from it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I come out of it, like, Rico said that he didn't really care and do people really care. And I thought about that a lot. And then I was like, I do really care about this ecosystem, but... I also care about the wider e-commerce ecosystem. And I think that there's so many people that I care about right now that are in the wider ecosystem and not just in Magento. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I care about, I don't care about being just Magento. And I, I kind of haven't for a long while. So I don't really know then what I'm kind of fighting to keep together. I mean, I feel like I kind of said, if we don't do X, Y, and Z, then this is what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. I think that, there's problems with it and what you know but it's not my battle yeah i'm kind of like well i think that things could be done to make this better but if bloody will let everyone get on with it and then a year two years from now we'll kind yeah, of see so how that yeah. plays out but i'm really excited like i was talking to people from shopify the other day and i was like i don't know it's kind of nice wasn't it yeah no i think that i think that us launching our app on shopify and kind of moving into that market that you know we've we've always we've been in I'd say on the sidelines of in some ways. I mean, like we know some of our partners and from Magento or Big Commerce that did Shopify and we've gone to Unite a few times, but to like fully be able to step kind of two feet in and immerse ourselves in it's it's really interesting. I mean it's it's weird being one of the older people because Shopify does have a lot of younger like agencies and people like that Do you in the space. Old? Yeah, no, I am old compared to some of them. Oh come on. No, I am serious. Like I, I was talking to those guys at our meetup last week, the e commerce manager and the developer. I'm I'm four years older than both of them, and it's very very uncommon that I am like ever older than anyone. Get it's, used to it. It's great. only going to get worse as you get older. I hope so. But I, I so you know launching in Shopify, I'm definitely really excited for that. You know we have a lot of customers already on Plus that you know we've learned a lot from, like you know Tommy John and all those guys that you know were on competitive yeah, e-commerce platforms. Yeah, on competitive e-commerce platforms that we've really kind of got to learn through them on how the platform works. So definitely one I'm interested to learn more about. Yeah, I know. I kind of think as well, you see this with languages, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, Java's crap or Ruby's not really good anymore or everyone's on Node and this and the other. And at the end of the day, like with platforms and with languages, there's different things suit different needs. Mm-hmm. I think just becoming much more agnostic to what's going on and focusing on your own company and stuff like that is just, just a way forward, you know, certainly for us at this point. And I think we had such a footprint inside Magento that it was very difficult for us to lift out of that. I think with handing on, you know, pre-imagine and, you know, like I think the Meet Magento New York really, like somebody was there, I hadn't seen him for a few years and he was kind of watching me network and everything else and at the end of it he just said, Karen, you kind of need to step back from some of this. And I think he was right. You know, I said to him, I'm not really sure I'm getting out of this anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think that other people in our team could get something out of it. But Mm -hmm. I think like as me as a person, like there's other things that I'm interested in now, the the wider picture of retail and stuff like that, that are just, I just don't know that these events are really giving me anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think there's a, and it's not like reaching a saturation point, but you've, you've learned a lot. You've done these events and that, you know, sending someone like Meredith. Yeah, um, not been to that many. And or like we a, talked about just a few minutes yeah, ago, Chels, experience. Like yeah. they would get, they would get more out of, you know, Meet Magenta New York or Majex. Mm. And, you know, partially one of the reasons we sent other team members to Majex because they are going to get more out of it than... Yeah, absolutely. And I always used to say this, I always say this to you, isn't it? Which is, I always believe travel is a privilege. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I'm going to travel somewhere, you know, I remember when I was younger, like, like, and you think about going to New York and places like that, that was a far and distant dream. So I always want to be grateful for it, but I sense in my head that I'm getting not grateful and just want to be in the office or just want to be with family or... Mm -hmm. You know, like, I know, and I want to go and do new things. Well, I think it's a good point. You know? I think it's a good turning point, too, before you end up, like, sour at an event. I think you could. Like I think, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even New York. I didn't go to the actual event itself. I was, mm-hmm. like, popped in an app. But for the most part, I was working. I mean, I went there primarily because I had two other engagements in New York and Boston. So it was kind of like, well, why not put that on the front side of it? I don't think otherwise I would have gone. But I just, like, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's time to step away from it. So my goal next year is just to really cut back. I'm, I like going to Asia. I'm really interested in exploring that more. Do you think that's because it's a, it's an expansive market and maybe one that is... Yeah, like- I'm interested to understand. It's like a puzzle. I'm an engineer yeah. at the end of the day. I like puzzles. I don't really like solved puzzles. Yeah. Like there's, Once they're solved, like put them down, where's the next one? Yeah, Muliati from iCube gave a fantastic talk about Magento New York about e-commerce in Asia. Absolutely amazing. I'll, have to, I'll email them so you can get your slides. I think, because that is a really, really cool puzzle. The way they have yeah. like super apps and things like that. Yeah, it's insanely crazy. Cool. I would so say cool. like Asia retail, I think is more advanced than where we are in many, many ways. And I think there's so many learnings that we can go and get from there and bring back, right? And I would even argue that European retail, like in London, there's a lot going on well, there the that same, we can learn. The same day in the click and collect. I mean, yeah. America's so far behind the click and collect. Far well, you're starting to get a handle on it. We I mean, are, but I mean, like UPS access point and FedEx yeah. hold location are just now starting to catch steam. Yeah, click that's and bread and butter forever, in the UK. Ever. Like yeah. the hub, like the lock boxes. And the lock like boxes that. are at the train stations and stuff like that. Amazon has lockers here in the States, but there's some in like congested areas but it's just not it's not i think it's a different really. proposition like if you look at a parcel which i never really understood this until i moved to america they put it on your doorstep right yeah. or like we have a thing at the end of the road do you you have it downstairs yeah, I have right? it downstairs. it's kind of delivered in a different way see whereas in england 
if the parcel, like, this is a very big generalisation, which I'm really good at. If you're not there to collect the parcel, then they give it to your neighbour and you might get it. If your friends are your neighbour, that's it. It's well, gone. That's, what they, that's what they did with oh. the... Or they'll chuck it in your dustbin. Well, they did it with the Secret <laughs> Santa. They sent a package to the office and the guys weren't there at the office, so they gave it to the bottle shop, like, down the road. Yeah. And so it was at, it was at a liquor store. That, did you, did they, did yeah, they, they got it. it. They oh, surprisingly they got it. it. Yeah, oh, they surprisingly cool. got it. But it was like two weeks late, and I was like, "Where the hell is this?" It depends how friendly you are with your neighbor, because oh. you might never get it. I guess, I guess uh, your employees yeah. do do a lot of drinking. Well, sometimes from there. what they do is just chuck it over your fence to your back yeah. in your back garden or your backyard. The, the, there's whole there's a company that came out. It's not like Ring, but it's a it's a box that like you essentially like chain to your door where you put your package into. Uh, some guy, it's, it's yeah. like a floor mat thing. Because yeah, I know what you mean. Well, it, you have that thing now. I don't know if you have it here where they can actually open your door I, and put it they inside. They talked about that. At, I think it was Shop Talk last year. Mm. Someone talked about that. That's okay. yeah, about like That's it, really it all hooked into like Alexa or Amazon, like allows you to open the door and put it back in somewhere. Weird. But this comes back to you know my I've told you this before my chimney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think the chimneys are wasted. They should be used for drones to drop stuff. Yeah, you're just you're just straight like Santa. into the fridge. Just like Santa. Chimneys in England are going to get repurposed, cleaned out. You'll put a fridge next to it. It'll have two slots. One goes left. It's like a swipe left and swipe right. One goes left into your fridge. It'll go into the literally in the yep. back of the fridge. One goes right, uh, and that drops into your lounge. I like Santa. How? Does, do yours not have flues? Like the little... I saw one to disappear, mate. Oh, okay. The new houses that get built, that chimney, because it's, it's a redundant, right? The chimney's yeah. redundant, right? That chimney is going to be used for drone dropping. I could see it. I mean, it'd be really cool. Drone dropping sense. <laughs> it just reminds me of like the movie The Santa Claus with Tim yeah. Allen because it like shows them at one point. I'm pretty sure they like throw gifts out and they like parachute down. Yeah, it's funny because well, like, there's a it company could... in Australia that does it. Yeah, I was like, it's funny because like that's exactly how it could work. I told Peter Sheldon to come. I know. No, he says it wasn't him. So I was in UK and this is probably this was before I moved to America. So this is. Well, I don't know, actually. I'm pretty sure it was before I went to America. So it was around 2012, 2013. So somebody comes up to me from Magento, like somebody big, like not Lavelle, but somebody like that. Karen, Karen, I really want to introduce you to the Forrester people. And then that particular hour of the day, I was on fire. They introduced me to him, and I was like, let me tell you my how I think this is all going to play out. And I told him this drone drop-in fridge story, kind of like powered it out there really really fast thinking that i'd met these really intelligent people because they work for forest clearly they're intelligent and they're going to be future thinking etc yep. and they looked at me like i was absolutely bloody balmy and walked off <laughs> they're probably like two accountants they just were there yeah for the honestly afterwards for like I the thought, free food and drinks i don't think they were as clever as they said they were i would love to hear their stories and like yeah one time i was in england what? and this crazy lady told me that they're going to fly drones down my chimneys i thought it was a really good idea which brings me on to fulfillment and marketplaces. I mean, now's the time to sell a 3PL if you have one. I mean, Six Rivers sold for whatever it was. 450 million. Yeah, to Shopify. Well, what I didn't understand about that was they're on their multiples. So um, Shipper HQ is officially for sale, just so you know. Uh, so based their, off their multiples. Based off their multiples because they Shopify said something. I can't remember if it was 20 or 30 million, but they said next year they expect them to bring in 20 or 30 million revenue. So basically they're kind of a write-off. Right, like Shopify is going, there's going to be a zero value product. So they've overinvented the next space shuttle for fulfillment, right? So like they've bought that, or they've bought this as a long-term investment, and they're multiple. They can't be earning more than 10, 15 million if they're only going to do 20 with Shopify next year or 30, right? So their multiple should be sub 100 million. 
Okay, and I think they've got about, I can't remember exactly, I should have done my research for this podcast, but it's something like 20 or 30 million investment. So it's not a major amount of investment they've got either. How the hell did they sell for 450 million? I mean, they must have a pretty magic idea. I mean, I think with Shopify, one of the things they did is they really kind of put themselves behind the gun on saying that, hey, we're going to have this whole fulfillment network done. It's going to be done by us. Yeah. I know for a certain amount of time, they're going to be buying off other 3PLs, but this is, I think, their way to, you know, kind of put their flag in the sand and go, here's our, here's our, the, our way we're going to do it. This is going to be like our router who's going to route all those orders. So that's six sure better have some nice shit in there. I mean, I'm interested to see. I mean, I think when they announced the fulfillment thing, anybody who knows much about shipping will tell you that doing fulfillment is bloody difficult and very costly because you basically get into, you need space, right, storage and stuff like that. You're in the physical realm at this point. You're no longer a technology play. And then you're also in the labor market because yeah. you've got to get the packers. And yes, there's robotics and everything else. All of that stuff's highly expensive. So there's a lot of areas for failure here. And if you get it wrong on fulfillment, it's that whole, you know, last part of the journey and everything else. I mean, the whole thing's going to collapse. So when Shopify announced this, you could tell that they couldn't do this on their own. They needed something. It's interesting to me they bought, in my mind, a relatively early-stage company. It has to have really, really good mechanics. The engine under that thing must be fantastic. Well, I mean, because then why wouldn't you go for someone like ShipBob, like someone who's a bit more established? I mean, there's a Shipbob's bunch... ShipBob's pretty new as well, though. I, I think they're more of a well-known name and more of a household I, I name. I think these guys have got some robotic stuff going on. Okay. I think that that maybe is the reason. I'm, I'm definitely interested. I, I, I mean, as I'm people just with Sal. From, yeah, I mean... Contact that, us. that kind of multiple. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I, I'll take it. That multiple multiples that I other mean, companies that are for sale for right now. I mean, I, I uh, three hundred plus. Like, come and see me, Toby. I'm, I'm available. Yeah, I'll uh, put my number you on can it. make that check out to Q U E N T I N. He's the Q in Shipper HQ. Yeah, so that means I get part. I mean, how I many letters is that? And Shipper HQ or in my name? Shipper HQ. S-H-I-P-P-E-R-H-Q. There's a nine. Nine letters? So I'm a, I get a ninth of whatever the you sale is. You get a ninth. Is. Yeah, I'll take that. Sale. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that sorted. Um, yeah, so Shopify, is, it's definitely interesting times. And then, and then obviously, you know, big commerce is sitting in there as well. Like, And I'm waiting for you live around Magento. Um, I didn't... Did you hear anything in New York that made you think Magento was accelerating anything no any no, news because really. i didn't go to any of the talks so i mean I, I went to a couple i ended up getting collared into emceeing business track i heard so i spent some time doing that which was really fun so i, I listened to some really insightful talks from you know people from like imagination media and inchu so who are you trying to model yourself on me or rob long i want to be <laughs> the i think you're trying to be rob long I don't think Rob's a terrible person to be. I just there not, you go. I'm not technical enough to you're be. You're very nice, so you, you can't be me because you're too nice. Well, then I mean, it leaves. Then yeah. I mean, so, if or Aaron, Aaron is nice as well. You could be a kind of Rob Longstreet, Aaron, bit of Rachel going on. You're more. You're definitely. I would take Rachel. Rachel. I, I want to be like Rachel. Rachel is fantastic. Yeah, I want to be like Rachel. You want to be like Rachel. I want to be like Rachel when I grow up. I don't want to cheer for Boston though, but I want to be like Rachel when I grow up. So not Rob Long. Is there any? Do you want to differentiate between the two? No. Rachel controls more funding money. Oh, awesome. Rachel, there you go. Rachel, so you want a bit more power, Rachel's like the Rachel's like the Julius Caesar. She's the thumbs up and thumbs down, which I think is pretty fun. She does have a... She, Rachel has a little serious undertone to her, I think. Well, yeah, she's pretty... I mean, she's legit. She's real deal. You think? So yeah. So you want to be the real deal. You don't just want to be the talk. You're making you're making me bend my words against Rob. What about Ben Marks? Would you like to be like him? No, nah, I want to work for a good e-commerce platform. You don't want to work for any e-commerce platform? What about all the travel that Ben does? 
I think it's too much. You sure? I think I think there's a point where I love traveling a lot. I really enjoy it. It's like one of the big value adds and sells here. This is an interview, by the way. But <laughs> am I for sale now too? Are you like gonna gonna put me out on the market? Yeah. Fifth, I, what I is think it ninth. Yeah, a ninth. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a ninth. All right. That's um, about thirty million. There we go. Yeah, I'm for sale for thirty million dollars. I will make your company. <laughs> I will make your company's fridges stocks consistently. Uh, you got tax off of that as well. So. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I think. I think Ben. Ben does the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't I, travel I, yeah. that much. I think that that guy's amazing. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, and it, it was really interesting to see him in New York, and then we saw him. I saw him at the. Did I see him at the PayPal event? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I saw him at Majex. He was he was walking around, walking, talking, and now he's in. Poland. To Poland, yeah. Well, that was really interesting because I don't know if you saw the pictures from Poland, but their attendance was apparently 600 people. Wow. Packed rooms. Wow, that's awesome. So I was quite interested in that because the vibe that I'm getting is that shopware is starting to make inroads. And I never realized this either. Shopware, it was just Shopware 6, I think, has just come out or is coming out. I'm not sure. My research is crap, by the way. The people that founded Shopware were the same people that founded Demandware. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's a... Well, okay. That's got some Don't quote it, me. Somebody told me this. Once. So apparently that's the situation with that. But I got the impression that there was a bit of movement over to shopware in the European community. Not so much. I, I feel like it's a little bit England. I feel like big commerce is starting to get a good hold in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was really interested to see that 600 people went to Meet the Gents Poland. It's a great event, Poland one. Never, I've never been to that one. No, that one sounds awesome. I've, I've uh, there's a few of events I've, I've just missed. Well, that that's why then I don't want to go to one. It was when I went to that when I was doing the rounds years ago. The Polish one. If you were a developer, that was the one to go to because they pulled over a lot of people from Ukraine as well. Oh, nice. The heavy guns. That's no, where, that's where I met the some of the core Magento team. The old one, like Ivan, Stanislav, people like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those events are really good. I think we talked about like bringing people have better value to it. Someone like Alec or Travis would really enjoy that one. Yeah, me. it's a long way though. Yeah, Poland sounds cool though. I think the jury's out on Magento. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that was interesting, you know, kind of talking about the competitive landscape, was a post that Isaiah put from Trellis about comparing Amazon to the e-commerce platforms. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I told him, didn't I? That's why I need to do the deleting, deletion, sorry, of LinkedIn. I don't really get what his argument was, to be honest, because he was basically saying he's fed up of people comparing Shopify to Amazon. Because one's a marketplace and one's a platform. I get that. I understand what he's saying. But in the same sense, I think it's fantastic that somebody's starting to say, maybe we can just have a bit of a tackle of Amazon here. Because I think in our job role, and we see this with our, like our U-ship relationship, I think it's a case in point. I'm so wanting to get that U-ship relationship like really moving because like U-ship is doing basically furniture in-home delivery. It's sort of like a marketplace network. They have a marketplace network where you can put something out for sale and then somebody will bid against it. But they, but the in-home delivery is more aimed at retailers. So mm-hmm. the idea here is that in small town in America, there can be you know this fantastic person selling something. And how do we get that out to market and how to add to the wider audience? And that's what they're trying to tackle. And in a way, that's what Shopify is trying to tackle with their entrepreneur mm-hmm. side. No, and other platforms as well. Like You're trying to say, how does this company kind of compete against Amazon. Mm-hmm. How do you, right? a normal person yeah. or a small company, go up against a titan? And it's not even just the small companies. I think like it's the $500 million, billion dollar companies and even the Walmarts and the Targets, right? I just think anything that is changing that, and especially around the D2C space, I would say if we're going to say it's competing against Amazon, go for it. Because 
if we can change some mindsets, and this is what I want to do next year, I think we're going to have to do it because it's just too much of a struggle to get the husband to agree this year. Amazon.com, I just want to ban it in the house and then see if I can live for a year without Amazon.com. Now, I know that's going to make my life more difficult, and my husband's going to shout at me every day. Is Steve a big Amazon guy? Yeah, oh yeah, he's always on there. He thinks it's the best thing since life. Now, now, would you then go to just like someone like Walmart or Jet or Target? Or is the no, idea I like- want to go like small retailer, local as much as I can. I'm really interested in understanding where all the problems are. I think that it's going to take more effort to work stuff out. But I also want to support local. I want to support local. I want to support merchants. And I want to support our customers. Well, I kind of feel like we have to make these statements about it and... I think Shipper HQ is having a pop at Amazon in our own small way. I 100% agree with you. I mean, my goal yeah. is to, and I, I did, I've did. i done a few talks on this and you have too. It's giving a customer who has an e-commerce checkout, no matter what it is, the same experience that the customers are getting on Amazon, the same ease of use, the same yeah. transparency. So every time I tell a customer, like, you know, who around are you going shipping, after? So. Around the shipping, exactly. Yeah. Around the shipping, around the cart and checkout, experience, the experience of a I'm customer. i trying to do all of it. Yeah, I'm not trying to do all of it yet, but... You know, once we get that, once we get the rest of that one ninth of that money in, we're coming, we're coming for the rest of it. But we're, we are going after that. That's what I want to do. Like, I yeah. want someone to be able to go onto their e-commerce website and buy from that. Like, for example, like RX Bar. RX Bar, you can buy on Amazon or you can buy on their website. They wanted to have the exact same experience on RX Bar as they do on Amazon because the customers were buying on Amazon because they can see when their products would arrive. Mm. They're on Magento too. They said, "Come in the product arrive." Said yes, so they can actually beat the price on Amazon and give the customers the same ease of use. And it's a win-win it's directly through their site, which I think is fantastic. No, I agree with you. I think that history. I was thinking about this right, and I was actually looking this up a bit. Like, where in history is there a company that really kind of? brains forever and like it doesn't really exist biggest thing that we kind of have would be something like Fords and stuff like that but even like the commonwealth collapsed right Mm -hmm. i mean i know there still is one but there was big problems with all that like eventually stuff changes and reforms right Mm -hmm. and i think that the biggest thing that we can do as a society and this is wide-ranging really is support each other and i think that when you get this amalgamation of wealth to the top i mean excluding us selling a company for 300 million excluding that i think that when you get this amalgamation of wealth at the top then what happens stop laughing what happens is that it basically distorts what's going on i think that there should be a more fair and equal distribution of wealth basically and i think that the way that we do that is by supporting retailers and supporting local communities I believe in like small town America, right? Mm-hmm. And like the beauty of that. You should you should start doing the HEB delivery because you know I don't know if have you ever have, Get you, out. have you read about HEB at all? I mean that's their big thing is like they buy from Texas farmers, buy from Texas dairies, and they stock like Texas groceries. Like they have they have yeah, like everything nationwide. Fantastic. But their big thing is a massive investment in Texas yeah. local. But I think that's great. I don't think you're saying that exclusively because if you take Asia, for instance, mm-hmm. I would like to see, say something like HEB, mm-hmm. like I would like to see them having an Asian area where they're bringing in really authentic Asian mm-hmm. foods and stuff like that. And we've got some customers, like for instance, that are selling out of Hawaii, like mm-hmm. goods from Hawaii or, you know, like just local yeah, products. Coffee, from, yeah. yeah, and I think that's great as well. Like I, I definitely want to get my flake bars imported, right, from England and stuff. So I think it's about that supporting local, but it's also about supporting authentic mm-hmm. and supporting diversity 
You know, like there's that combination of yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, yeah, it's a balance. You, Absolutely. You know, but what I don't want is I don't want to. You don't be, like from a faceless. I want part of the matrix. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I've never I've never really adopted Amazon, and I don't I don't know what's missed it. I think you know in East Texas in college we never had second day or next day. It just never really got there in those days. We were in like a three day zone. It was always faster to go to like Best Buy or Walmart or something. Yeah. And so I've never really got on that Amazon craze. And moving downtown now in Austin, I'll order stuff every once in a while. But like I don't have an Amazon account for myself. Like I don't have one. I use my sister in laws. It just has never really been a part of it because I would rather I have a grocery store I can walk to. And, like, that is probably a massive reason for it. But I like to go see the people who are going to check it out and go, like, oh, this is new Thunder Bars. These are new to Austin. And, like, just, the, like, the interaction. You sent out that brand, that website yesterday, Real Real or whatever it was. Yes. Never heard of that. I looked it up last night. What did you think? It fits a market. It's that exact same thing. It's a curated buying experience mm-hmm. for luxury secondhand items. Yes. That is like the first website that popped on my mind when you said that. I mean, that is a curated experience for someone who wants. But it's a specific stuff. type of exactly. Person. But I would say I don't know. Apparently, that's doing really well. I mean, they have cool real, stuff real on it. Well. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at the stuff on it. They have really cool stuff. Like if some of the brands that I that I wear that I really like were on there, and it was mm. good price. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It tells like the story of who you're buying it from. It was a really interesting website. I actually heard uh, Judy Wainwright. She was talking. Uh, I went to the Recode Commerce event in New York last week. She was talking there, and she come out, and I don't know where she's from, and I'm really gonna miss like say where she's from, but she's, she had a real strong accent. I thought she seemed a little bit, I don't really know what you'd say, like Texasy, Mississippi kind of weird. Southern. Yeah, maybe. I don't think she is. Like, I think she's from Chicago or somewhere. But she sounded like to me like what I would think of as a Southern American. And honestly, like you build up these first impressions of people, and then she come on, and I was just saying. I wonder what this is going to be like. It's just somebody who's got like a venture capital, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, she was bloody fantastic. And is she from the real real? She's a CEO. Oh, nice. Do I say that? No. She did pets.com before that, which she did a couple of other things as well. But I know she's definitely, she was like saying, why are you pulling me up on the fact that I did pets.com and it failed? But, you know, like you wouldn't do that if I was a man kind of thing, right? Ooh. Yeah, that's what she basically said. But God, she, she had some balls. You know, initially I was like thinking, yeah, you know, she's just got a ton of connections and this is a VC thing. But then you realize, no, this is real. This is actually real, what she's creating and what she's done and everything like that. But it's it, it really made me think about my perceptions of people because I know people have perceptions when they see me. Mm-hmm. And then like listening to her, she was a bit older than me. And then you look in like, you're like, like, stop this. Please don't have perceptions. But as much as you try and fight that psychologically, it's it's kind of difficult to do. And then the other guy that spoke was the CEO of commerce at Walmart, Eric, was it? I can't remember his name. I, I should know Eric that. sounds right. He was a bit mafia-ish. Nice. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And he looked like quite aggressive as well. I think he was the CEO of Jet.com before it sold to Walmart. Anyway, and I was like, wow, I'm surprised he's sitting on stage. Because he looked like he was a little bit wound up, like he wanted to leave Walmart tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe so that was like interesting. The, this is how smart I am on the market. But it was interesting, like, looking at these people and going, like, if you saw them in the street, what would you think? If you acknowledge that perception that you have of people, and then you have to go, how do I make sure that I don't have that perception of people when you're talking to people? Because you will naturally jump to conclusions. Well, that, that sometimes happens whenever we go to events where someone will assume that you're not the CEO or something like that mm. will happen, and they'll come talk to me. And they'll oh, work. yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing. It's like, like, I think about that sometimes where I'm like, why did this guy think that yeah. it wasn't you? 
do I think that way? Have I ever, you know, mistreated someone for that? Because I'm very aware of it because it happens and it, it annoys me when I see it happen to you or Jen. And so like, I well, you get it as well. Cause people think, Oh, he's the kid. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it happens yeah. to me, but it, it happens to me in my own way where they're yeah. like, can I talk to someone important? Walmart. And you're like, yeah, I'm kind of important. What do you want to talk about? No, I need to talk to someone in charge. Well, I'm the COO. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Like it happens every once in a while, but it doesn't happen near as much. But I can't talk about who I was with the other day at all. And I think they listened to this, so uh, I'd say hi. But uh, hi. I, I was with somebody at the Recode conference, and what was really, really interesting to me was that they were a merchant, and I'm a technology partner. And on the messaging app that I had, mm-hmm. I was getting more reach outs than they were. So people were contacting me to do business, and yet a merchant, they weren't. And then the other really interesting thing was that when they were discussing what they did with people, they were they were getting blank walls. Whereas when I was saying what I did, there was a better reception, do which th- really surprised me that a merchant was not getting because in our world a merchant is kind of gold dust. Well, right? do you think that? Oh, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's kind of indicative of how the conference was set up, though? Like they wanted it to be like a like know. a free learning place. They didn't really show many bootstrap businesses, which I found a little bit dis- disappointing. Most of the businesses had. We didn't see the end, so I think maybe one at the end wasn't, but. A lot of VC backed. There cash were VC injected. or people that sold, right? So the Walmart yeah. guy was good, but you could sense a little bit of disengagement. I got the sense of a bit of a disengagement from me. And then there was the people that sold Harry's, and I just did not understand the numbers on that because they had something like 500 million investment. Harry's they, is the. The shaver. Okay, yeah, yeah. Harry's, yeah, yeah. I use Harry's. Good stuff. My head. Weird. Yeah, 500 million investment, sold for 1.37 billion. But then you're thinking, well, what did the CEO actually get out of that? It's kind of a little bit like they went into a larger group. I saw that with the. I think they sold into like Gillette or something. No, it wasn't Gillette, but it was something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was Dollar Shave Club got sold into Dollar Shave, Shave Club. Did, was yeah. That them, yeah. yeah, but I just thought the numbers were just weird. Because it's like, if I had 500 million investment, well, I could probably turn that into a billion. I could go and put that on the. Stock price and maybe do that overnight for you. I don't know. Like, no, I'm joking. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But yeah, so I found it weird. And then like even a way was there with the suitcases. Yeah. And that was kind of interesting as well because, and I get it, I get it. I just would like to see companies, like because they had something like 200 million investment and they're doing about 200 million. So I get it and I get they're building for the future. Mm-hmm. I get the whole premise of what they're doing. I'd like to see the stages of a company that is, growing on different foundations to that or just or just or just, yeah, or just ones that do it the way i think that in business it's often seen as it's like a milestone that like if you don't have investment yet you have to have it and then that's what the next milestone is oh yeah and i think that sometimes it's like one of the things that kind of annoys me is because we'll talk to customers and i think i've said it on this podcast mm-hmm. so if i have sorry for listening to it again we don't have that many listeners, so you probably haven't heard this before. I like, only listen once and then they switch off. Exactly. They're like, oh, God, shut up. But you don't need to have that as to be a successful company. You don't need a massive round of investment. You don't need a million heads. And so I think it would be more powerful to have someone who went up there and said, hey, I did this alone. All of you people out here have done it with investment. Here's how you do it by yourself. And I think that's a more powerful message. I would like to listen to somebody that has got no investment and maybe they're doing 50 million a year. I don't, you know, if it's less, I don't really care. Yeah. But it's bloody hard work to get to 50 million a year. Like, how did that happen? And how did you get there? Maybe there's not too many of those companies about. I definitely think having investment is a lot about your ego because yeah. I could go and get investment. I'm sure we could go and, well, we know. I mean, they email us all the time. Yeah. But then I could walk around and go, well, you know, I just took I got 50 my, million in investment. I got my series right? A. I'm not, but I'm no, 
I'm no better or worse than the next person. And actually, I got a lot more on my back now because if I take 50, I got to deliver back what 500 or something. I don't know what I got to deliver. I got to deliver back a shed load. Uh, I'm not, I'm just not. I don't know. But it is an ego thing because if you take that investment, then we could go Monday bootstrapped. Tuesday, oh, we have investment, and all of a sudden turn into real arrogant oh we we're 100 percent gonna turn into arrogant assholes then. you would oh yeah i'm gonna I'm, i would put my twitter bio i would put that i was an investor now i would put that uh series a i don't know i don't know what i would put but we're gonna 100%. we're gonna pimp you out for 30 million so you can't do better i hope so yeah you are the curing ship we'd have to be super h but we'll no if i if i do leave if i whenever i get fired I'm, before i leave i'm gonna cut the queue off every sticker we own <laughs> Would that be your message to me? Like I walk around the office. He won't, he won't actually <laughs> hand you over. I just come in. The wall was no longer. It's been painted over blue on the queue. Yep. Then it'll that, be. Like, that's the sign. That's the sign. When, when he's the out. Queue, when the queue is gone on the massive wall, it's a shipper HQ. It'll be like, oh, it's, it's time. The, the writing's the writing's no. The letter's no longer on the wall. I think on that note, we should close it down. It's probably been going on forever. Yeah, a little bit of rambling there at the end. I feel it was your fault. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take the blame on that. I suppose I'm kind of better than uh, thought leader. Well, it's better than fruit and veg woman. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the thing about I think when you get into get into this space and you start running the company is that you do if you do it right, your mind opens up and then you start and then ideas start pouring. Now a lot of those ideas are next to zero, but inside them are some little nuggets that if you if you could pour them out and go and explore those ideas i think there's some amazing things that i wish i could pour out more of mine but it's uh it's hard to do that when you're also you know like you're running the company and this and the other so i think yeah i think if you have a beyond a full-time job it's kind of hard to you know i hope hopefully you're writing them down well that's why i'm on my slippery slopes of retirement mate there you go yeah take out the twitter time for uh just mining time through your ideas that's true there you yeah, go those just get 12 a note. hours a day. Now, now <laughs> the 40 break. of 24, just just go through that and write out all your ideas. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's call it a day. All right, Thanks we're off. Thanks very much. Bye, Bye. guys.